1: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken
2: sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
1: of a detour. Take me to
2: the Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. I'm a mother, a wife, and an entrepreneur. I started the Sunrise Project after our beautiful teenage son attempted to take his own life. Truth is, I'm my husband and I felt despair, isolation, and immeasurable pain. I knew in my heart we needed a place for Black parents to share their struggles, find mutual support, and help our beloved children who struggle with mental wellness, addiction, or both. Each weekly podcast features an expert who shares their knowledge and takes questions from parents and children.
3: the The
2: Sunrise Project allows Black families, like ours, to find comfort in knowing that we are not alone. While the purpose of the Sunrise Project is to share, support, and uplift, this conversation is not a substitute for medical advice. Finding the right healthcare professional for your family's specific needs is crucial. If you do not feel seen or heard, you should speak to more than one professional to find the right fit. Good morning and welcome to our weekly Sunrise Project Call. As always, I'm so happy you're here with us as we learn and we share and we listen and we grow while we find a moment of solace and peace coming together in a safe space to really improve our lives and those of our children and our families. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, I am so, so delighted to have with us a very special guest this morning. Her name is Valorie Thomas and she has such an incredible story that she will share with us this morning. I first met Valori in 2015 at one of the I Am Woman conferences led by Sylvia High. Uh, for those of you who've heard me speak about Sylvia or who have met her or heard her, you know how incredible those conferences are. And Valori stood up and spoke in front of that room of 300 or more women with such power and such conviction and such an incredible story and journey. And so she is here with us to share all that with us. Um, she is a 2020, Valori Thomas is a 2021 well Inspire ambassador. She's an accredited member of the Forbes Coaches Council, an ICF certified coach. She's founder of the Institute at WOW Coaching and Consulting. She's the author of Possibilitology, It's a Great Day to be Amazing, and a very new book, called Through It All, We're Still Standing, a journey of empowerment and triumph in the face of adversity. And that's what we are all doing today. We are still standing in the face of it all. Both of her books are a primer on, on a life perspective that brought her back into the mainstream from a life that was isolated and a marginal existence. Valori went on to become an executive at a prominent fashion house, founded a nonprofit to empower women, and established WOW Coaching and Consulting to share with others like us what life has taught her about overcoming, thriving, and the divine gift of reinventing oneself. She also facilitates corporate training. She does personal training, has coached me uh, many times. I'm so grateful for that. And she has delivered women's empowerment training for Harvard University graduate students. I could go on and on and on and on and on, um, yet I want to get to her incredible wisdom and her knowledge and would love to uh, just welcome you, Valori. And so appreciate you being here uh, with that gorgeous smile uh, to help us. So thank you for being here and love to start by just sharing your story and some of the journey that you shared when I first heard you in 2015.
1: It's an honor to be here and always a delight to be with you and share space with you. I am so excited about the Sunrise Project and what it represents on the planet. So I'm really grateful to be here. Good morning, everyone. So you've heard my background from Kelly. However, I live my life with zest and fervor, but that was not always the case. I am a a 70s child so to speak a birth you know I was born in the 60s grew up in the 70s 80s and so forth and the world was very very different at that time I was 16 years old when I when I began college in the 70s so you can imagine right there the world in terms of the platforms and the conversations that the the things that were shaping the world at the time were not so different than what it is now. So my journey began when I was in college at 16 and really looking to find my place and where I belonged in it. Can you imagine at 16? And I'm, I'm, a, I'm like all of five foot four. <laughs> so you can imagine at 16 and this wide open world and, you know, discovery and excitement and feeling so, so out of place. And my pursuit to belong and to fit in it led me to some bad choices that led me to some dark places
0: Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living.
1: To share part of my story with you, if you can imagine, and I'm not sure where everybody is coming from that's listening or that's with us this morning, but I grew up in New York City. And there a great part of New York City is their transportation system and the subway system. And um Shortly after entering college and experiencing some things, you know, being 16, trying to be grown in places with people that I had no business with whatsoever, I got lost and I stayed lost. And so the the scenario that I share often is if you've ever been on a subway train or even in your own cities, right, when you travel at rush hour, there's a certain context, energy and so forth. And in New York City, the homeless population lives in the subway on the train on the train platform, right? And you may have experienced this. You're standing at the platform, the train opens and you know it's rush hour and this car is seemingly, you, there's nobody in this car. The train is packed because it's rush hour, right? And you step in, the doors open and you step in and now you realize why this car is empty because there's a homeless person that you can smell before you see them. And at a very young age, as a result of bad choices, that was me. And full of shame and and blame, and being young and trying to find my way, it was a dark existence Um, and it Mm -hmm. was a very hard one. And although I was clear that I was at rock bottom, I also had had an upbringing right my my mom my grandmother you know i was raised by a single mom who was fierce in her pursuit to succeed and feed her family right which we didn't often understand i have a brother who's younger than me and so she wasn't there where as much as we would have liked her to be, you know, we had to stay with other people because she was going to school and working two jobs and not having that understanding. It, it, we created our own interpretation. And when she would come home and we wanted to be with her, she was so tired. And so we wouldn't dare, you know, engage her, but so far, cause she was so tired. So I say all of this to paint a backdrop of of my becoming, right? And once I hit bottom, rock bottom, although I knew that it wasn't the place for me, I didn't know how to get out. And what I've learned is that oftentimes making no choice is still a choice. In hindsight, I've learned that lesson very well. However, what, what supported me is that because I eventually ended up <laughs> in state penitentiary in a cell with a woman who had allegedly murdered her parents, allegedly. It was a wake-up call. I'm giving you the short version of it. However, in that cell, at that time, my prayer was that if I can get out of here, Lord, if, if, if there's some way If there's some way that I can get to clarity, that I can get back to my life, I promise you I'm going to take someone with me. And that was the first basis of what I call soul care. And so what I'd like to speak with you about this morning is what that means, soul care. And it it resonates around what your soul cares for. We all have it. It it doesn't matter. It's not uh, gender specific or or class or or ethnicity or culture. It's what it is to be human. And so with that conversation and, and looking at us as mothers, as parents and our children who are having a difficult time, well, how does soul care play a role? And Soul care is something that every kid like grows up with. You ever notice like when kids, when they get together, they don't care what each other look like. or what, They're fascinated that they're different. In as much as they can distinguish how similar they are, even though they notice differences, it's a, a, a magical moment when you see young kids get together. They don't have any of that. They're in pursuit of what the moment offers for them and creating something together. That's soul care. That's soul care. I know as well that anytime we cannot express ourselves authentically, even as children, it begins to create pain and suffering that we as parents may not be cognizant of because our children often look to measure up and to make us proud. They are living in the standards and the ideals that we give them. And we give them all that we can because we want them to be well, we want them to be safe, we want them to thrive. However, sometimes, or with a lack of conversation, because oftentimes kids have trouble articulating what's true for them because they don't want to let anyone down. They don't want to be seen as different and they don't want to disappoint their parents. They're they're taught standards of what's right and what's wrong. And so they look to fit themselves inside those components. they may not fit. And so for me, in my journey, my belonging, because my mom was so, uh, how should I say, she was so about her business and creating life for me and my brother and us as a family, right? And not be, having the advantage of a lot of conversation around it. You know, mm. I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And so I began to seek that outside of my home. And it led me to a certain place.
2: So did it feel, Valori, because what you're saying I can relate to, I think, on the other side, as your mom, probably. And so I'm wondering how many other parents would say that. So did it feel as a child what I'm hearing you say? Is that uh, it felt like her focus was on her business. You just said about her business, getting her work done. And in her mind, she was really doing that for the sake of the family. But what it felt like was that that was more important than you. So you were looking for validation, looking for love, looking for all of those things that you wanted your mom to give you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
1: and not realizing because, you know, my context as a child and her context as a, an adult and a parent is, is night and day. Mm-hmm. So not, have, and not having the advantage of those conversations. When I talk about soul care, I'm talking about heart to heart, spirit to spirit connection. And I reference young children because they have it innately and automatically. It doesn't... The, it doesn't matter what your personal distinctions are, you're, you're accepted, you belong. But well, sometimes when it's hard to discern that at home because we have parents who are about their business and they're making sure that we succeed and they may not have the same time or may not have the access or acumen of conversation or the luxury to take that time, but that gray area is where a lot may go wrong or can go wrong based on a child's understanding, better yet, a misunderstanding. Does that make sense, Kelly?
2: Yes, absolutely. On every level. Yes, every, yes, absolutely makes sense. Because I think the part you just said about you're accepted and you belong, when things start to go awry from what we as the parents think a particular path might be, the tendency is to start ostracizing the child for saying, oh no, you're not doing that here or no, that's not gonna happen and on and on and on. And then it just escalates, it's a vicious cycle. And so I can only imagine how that feels from a lack of acceptance or no, you're not doing that here and the look of disdain or frustration or whatever. And then there's not a connection or a conversation around how it even started, some of those behaviors.
1: And especially because our children, they don't wanna let us down. They're looking to make us proud. And so it it, it becomes challenging. And how do you navigate it, right? And I I can't be prescriptive about it because it's it's an individual thing. It's something that gets to be created. However, I do wanna install that Where I landed and where I am now is night and day. And I'm clear that I am my family's, my grandmother's, my mother's legacy. In this moment, I'm clear. And I can say that with clarity because when I was going through, right, my grandmother was the one who kept reminding me that I was part of greatness, that I was a child of God, that I was divine. And what the hell was I doing? And she would just leave it at that. And and that confronted me in such a way that was more than any horrible thing that ever happened to me, because I knew in my heart, I felt in my heart, I knew what she had said. And that became my lifeline. And so I figured out the same cleverness that, that I used, uh, to belong in all these wrong places that had me spiral to the bottom, perhaps I could use that same thinking, flip it and have it work for me. And so I began to articulate like what was really relevant for me, what my feelings, what I cared about. I began to articulate myself from a place of my soul, my authenticity and people began to listen. And it began to grow and I began to build integrity with myself because acceptance, every person on the planet, the main, I think, in my opinion, desire of every human being is to be acknowledged, seen and heard. But even more felt and to be able based upon because I had already hit rock bottom. So, you know, the only place to go from there was up. With that perspective, I was able to articulate myself in such a way that I got noticed and that created momentum for me. And I began to thrive and succeed. Now I see there's a question.
2: Mm -hmm. About the relationship with your mother when you had that breakthrough and that flip and you started to flip. She's saying, did that repair your relationship with your mother?
1: And I'm quite honestly, not immediately. Mm. It has been a work in progress because my mom, you know, and and as I got older and way older now, right? (laughs) And and realizing and my hindsight and and wisdom, she was my idol, my everything. And we, we are that to our kids. We're their reference point. We're their safety and so forth. And so feeling my perceptions at those very young age of being uh, how excluded or her not having enough time made me feel unwanted. And that was deep-seated until I got to re- forgiveness my path, not only did I end up in state penitentiary, like I was drugging, I've lived on the street, I was street walking. I can honestly say in this moment, it's a miracle that I'm still sitting here and able to articulate with you this morning based on what I had allowed myself to be in, looking to feel and want. You know, I do a lot of work with young people in the, through the Department of Education. I, you, I uh, lead youth focus groups, especially in young women. And a lot of them I see and I can relate to because they land where I once was. And I know how they got there. And it's all a sense of belonging. And so what I don't want my parents to hear in this conversation is that they're lacking in something. Because we we do the best that we can do with what we have and our commitment to succeed. What I do want you to hear is that your truth and the things and principles that you've instilled in your child, they are not gone. Wherever they are, even in adversity, if they're still breathing, those truths are the things that are sustaining them at this moment. And I'm clear that there are some things that happen to some of us that should never ever happen to anyone. However, if they're still standing, they have in them very much what you've instilled in them. They're looking to find their way. and We are in such a confusing time, especially for young people right now. We're in this digital, uh, virtual existence. And a lot of feedback that I've gotten of received from youth in terms of their idols and, and, you know, the things that they gravitate to and what they like and so forth. They like them because it's bigger than life. However, the internal conversation is, oh, they, they love that because they feel they wish they could be that. So in other words, to read that wishing to be something that they feel that they would never or, or they can't attain. That's a defeating attitude. And so they express themselves in a particular way and you see it in, in the dress, in the talk, in, in, in the circles that they frequent. And it's all about belonging. And the thing about belonging is acceptance. And acceptance by itself, it, it, it's, it's neither black or white, but it, it's what it's connected to. It's the internal dialogue around it, if, if that makes any sense. So when it comes to, when it came to repairing my, my relationship with my mom, today we are still a work in progress and not for lack of love, but we've, we're creating a language and conversation that allows me to be heard, seen, and felt, and heard as well. And it's a beautiful thing.
0: This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend. When he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance, knees will be slapped, hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today. With wellness tips and tools from AARP, to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living.
2: That's incredible. That's so incredible. But Lori, when you were going through, you said you left home at 16. Yeah. When you, uh, I just want to pause on something there because for us as parents, you may still have kids in the home or outside the home. What would you recommend... What are some things we can do as our parents to make sure that our kids know that they are a priority? You know, even if it may not, you know, I know I've made all kinds of mistakes, but I'd love some tips on what are some of the things we can do? Or is it as simple as putting everything away, shutting the computer down?
1: Well, here's the first thing. I heard you say I've made all kinds of mistakes. Listen, nobody handed you a, a handbook.
2: Absolutely. There's no guilt around it, but I'm at work in progress. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what can be done now. You know,
1: everything. So, for, so number one, everything lives in language. And when I talk about soul care, I'm talking about the heart to heart, spirit to spirit connection. It all lives in language. It's how people find their tribe or their place of belonging. There's a heart, heart connection. You want to maintain that as strongly and as as strongly as possible, regardless of where they are. Relanguage the idea of, you know, that I messed up or I must have done something wrong for this child, because I, I don't believe that there's any caring, loving mother on the planet who actually has or holds the intention that they're going to screw that child up. It was never, ever that. A lot of times our circumstances get into play a role and we don't have that communication with our kids. Number one, they're our kids. What are we explaining? What are we talking about? And there are certain things that you do have to explain. I remember the day when my father walked out I watched him walk out the door. That was a break in belonging. It's the breaks in belonging that, that you may want to take a look at, that you can read language and recontextualize in your relationship with your child. Because those are the things that they hold on to. It was my break in belonging that led me to the down spiral that it did. And it was my, my, how should I say, my creation of belonging, my, my confidence, my uh, uh, esteem. And let me tell you, when you hit rock bottom, <laughs> I don't even know if it's all about esteem and all that kind of stuff, right? It's about, okay, so now what else? I done did all of that. There's no other way to go but up. And so you don't have to figure out your place. You just figure out your direction. You want to speak to that, regardless of where they are. You want to speak life and greatness, regardless of where they are, because those are the things that they're going to hear. And those are the things that they're going to feel.
2: So get that. Yes. Speaking it into existence. And I think something else you said about your grandmother planting the seeds. They hear it. may not feel like they're hearing it, but those seeds are there. We have a caller who has her hand up. So please feel free. Well, I guess, I guess I'm,
4: I've, you know, with my sons, I mean, I think we're at a different point. I appreciate your point of view, but uh, I guess in a way you could be talking from the point of view of my sons in the fact that I was too busy and I was working and I was tired. I definitely think they are very clear about my love for them. But as they're going through their challenges, I think the question that I'm really trying to get at is, you know, once you're from, if I'm coming from the parental point of view of it, and you're giving us the perspective of the journey that you were going through when you were in the child's point of view, my question is, as you were trying to, you know, I've been feeding indefinitely my child. I I'm certain there, there's no question on the love, but as they're trying to sort out what they're trying to do and getting in the, to their direction and they're not really quite clear about what direction they want to go and that part becomes a little bit difficult because you're just like look whatever you need i will help you but they don't even know exactly what that is how in that process how in that journey can we be a more of an encouragement and continue to support them in ways what would you have wanted to hear when you were trying to rebuild your relationship with your mother what what would have been helpful I guess it's kind of that I mean I get the journey I'm just more I'm looking for like what would have made a bigger difference once you you had that conversation which I've had with my sons of hey I get that I was working so much and you more than now I'm giving more attention to our relationship what what concrete strategies would you have said would have made a difference or as you described that your relationship with your mom is a work in progress what specific strategies have you found that have helped with that relationship that you have found to be a support to you?
1: Well, so what has worked for us is um, because for a while, as I re- like reinvented myself and recreated myself, the communities that I flourished in, I got acknowledgement from, but my mom seemed to be very disconnected from it. And so what worked and what what began to open us up is her acknowledgement that of my path. she it, it, it made it, felt, it made me felt feel like I had arrived and that I was not alone.
4: Well, are you saying more so her presence when you were in different spaces as you were going through your journey is the support of different I, um, different activities or different interests of yours, her presence?
1: Her, her presence, but not even because I got that, that that she was working and providing, right? It was her acknowledgement, her, her yes, her yes, you can. And I, I heard you say that you've, you've shared whatever it is you want to do. I'm, I'm there for you, right? But there wasn't the acknowledgement for me of what I wanted to do. Right. It was like, whatever, you 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 know, so whatever you want to do, I'll I'll be there. So on and so forth. Uh, But to acknowledge specifically what it was that I was doing changed everything. Very subtle, but a huge distinction and made a, a big difference for me for her to acknowledge that. I had created a certain persona. I had become a full-time entrepreneur. When I was 12 and she asked us sitting at a Sunday dinner, like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, what do you, who do you want to be, right? And I wasn't quite sure, but I was clear that I was wanted to be in the business of supporting people and empowering lives. This is my language. I don't know how I said it then, but I'm clear that I said it. And my mom at that time says, well, that's great. She says, but you sound like you want to be a social worker and they don't make that much money. You want to be a lawyer instead. Now that was her goodwill and her, her wisdom, right? Looking to have me be the best and all that I could be. But the way that I heard it, it wasn't an acknowledgement of where I was. And so that kind of created a break for me because I felt unseen. Does that help? I would
4: imagine so because I think I've done the exact same thing that your mom, <laughs> you just described that your mom did. So it really does give me perspective. Uh,
2: same here. Same. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, because you do it in the spirit of wanting what we think is better. Mm-hmm. But who are we to say what's better? Like really, if that's their dream, it's like yes, go be that. Let's. I want to help you. Is all they really want to hear. How that's can it. I support you? How can I support your dream?
1: And to really articulate it, like step over there with them in it. Mm -hmm. Now, that can be demanding because you may not have that luxury. And I'm getting emotional right now because as a parent, like I've been a parent, right? And I say I've been, and that's a whole other story also. I'm going to keep going, right? But I've been a parent. Your thing is to make sure this human being succeeds. This is my child. However, the fervor that we feel that we don't really relate that to our kids because we own it, we carry it. There's a way to language it. And it doesn't have to be like this whole big ceremony. There's a time to stop, look, touch, move, inspire in wherever they are. And it could be as wrong as two left shoes. (laughs) But, you know, my mom thinks I'm good. Listen, I'm going to walk this thing out, right? And so I don't want anyone to hear me from a place of good, bad, right, or wrong. Listen, it's continuously a work in progress until they throw the dirt on both of you, you and your children, right? They're always going to be your babies, which is magical in itself.
2: I love that. We do the best we can really that's These it they're such great inspiring reminders to meet them where they are that's so incredibly powerful yeah
1: nobody tells us that and nobody teaches our art art like the way that our kids worked are or, or have been up until now because the world is changing yet right uh, and there, there have been standards, right? For like these, or, or role models, right? And, and there's the generic ones, right? Police officers, firemen, doctors, lawyers. You know, there's, there's the, the, the status quo, right? And those are the things that, uh, that mean success. Success looks a whole lot of different ways. The person I am now is the person I said I was going to be at 12 years old at that dinner table.
4: I find this exasperating oh, oh, because, um you know, I guess the pressure that I put on my sons and it, it, one that is going through most of the challenges, he, you know he got the degree, you know, he did the checklist, he did everything that I said that. Um, were of value so that he could be financially independent and well-educated and the world is your oyster.
1: Can I, but, stop, you? Can I stop you one second and please hear me? Well done. Well, thank you. Well done. When you say exasperating, right? That That's your experience as a mom. However, and I understand because we want to do every single Every single, single nanosecond thing, <laughs> if that's even a word, right? We want to do it right. And we, it's so heartfelt of the nuances that come along with that. So I understand exasperating, but I'm going to tell you, well done.
4: Well, thank you. I, I thank you for that. I did wanna say that I am unlearning some things that I really wish that I did learn earlier. And that was, that was tremendous pressure that I put on him, them to meet these goals, but that didn't necessarily was my son's authentic self. And so it isn't until him having these challenges, having checked off the boxes, to which I put there for him and made sure that I could helped him get to those points. Those were my boxes, they weren't necessarily his boxes. And See, so the, the lesson, the lesson learned is understanding that if we put pressure on them, sometimes they may meet those boxes, but internally they're still going through some challenges. And so that's why I was specifically asking you that as we're, as my sons and I are talking about it. Yeah, I did the best I knew at the time, according to the trajectory that was laid out for me and defined as a good parent, but it did cause harm. And so as I'm trying to really work on changing that, I appreciate your point in the sense that. I now, as he's trying to figure out what his authentic self is, it's a little bit challenging for me. So I kind of lay low a little bit, (laughs) but it's a little challenging because, you know, he's not working on his, with his degree. He's, he's figuring it out. And with that, being a creative and everything, it's just difficult as a parent sometimes to kind of walk in the faith that this is their journey. And, yes uh, that's yeah. their journey
1: and let me tell you about creative children their ideas have ideas I was I, I am a creative child still right my ideas have ideas that have ideas and before I can sometimes you like uh, flush one out there are three more <laughs> right behind and I can understand from a parent's point of view, how challenging that is. And understand it from a child's point of view, because like my creativity also played a great role in me being exactly who I said I was gonna be at 12. And so it's, there's, there's no, how should I say, cookie cutter, like one box fits all because our our children they, they and in as much as we are we're always becoming we're always evolving we're evolving they're evolving what we what who we were when they were born who we were when they were 10 who who we are when they're 20 and in college it has evolved and it will continue to evolve right i my my message here around soul care is to be able to a to acknowledge, be seen, heard, and even more felt for exactly where they are. And it goes both ways for where you are. How about that? Because in that, it it creates a context that, that you can grow with, authentic language, and authentic language at home creates security and courage. I hope that's helpful.
2: Yes. Absolutely, I think the security, the courage, and meeting them where they are—not looking at them like they've done something wrong or terrible—and being okay with their choices. You know, um, I think that's hard for us a lot of times, but
3: very if we hard
2: do that. Such a wonderful space that we create for honesty and communication and love and compassion. And so many people have talked about the importance of leading with love. And telling our children we love them, you know, period. Not with anything attached to it.
1: I can imagine that that can be hard to hear. Because who's going to tell you about how much you love your child? Mm -hmm. They have not walked in your shoes or lived through the circumstances that you've lived through. So that can be challenging to hear. However, love occurs in many, many different ways. Not always in language. And, and if we knew, if we knew what, how to articulate everything in every moment, we absolutely would. Come on, why wouldn't we?
2: Right.
1: Why wouldn't we? And so what I'm offering is that I heard, uh, I heard uh, uh, um, th- th- our, our sister say she's unlearning, right? You, well, first it's hard. Uh, once you learn something, you really can't unlearn it right? (laughs) You can redesign it (laughs) or redevise it, right? However, but you, so the thing is to be in creation as you go forward, as you evolve, as you gain knowledge, as you share knowledge, and perhaps there are mistakes that have been made. They weren't intentional to screw up your child. The thing, the healing process. I think with us and our children who are facing challenges, it's it's a it's I call it a mirror effect because it's as much for them as it is for you. Now that's soul care. Do we have any other questions?
2: Thoughts? I just want to say how much I appreciate. it. it looks like somebody did come off of mute. But I appreciate your transparency and vulnerability and sharing your truth and your story. Um, and I love how you just articulated creation and creating something anew you know um, somebody also talked about being different to be different like we have to be different to create difference and I like that as a concept too and I think that's really what you're talking about but somebody did um, looks like somebody came off of mute did you want to ask a question or a comment?
5: Hi. Good morning hi Valarie your story has been really inspiring um, as a as the cool auntie, I do have a niece that is definitely finding herself. She went off to college, and she didn't finish, but she is thriving now as, um, as an entrepreneur. And as a fellow entrepreneur myself, I watch her, and what you said just now about having, as soon as you're finished with the first idea, you are actually working on the next idea. And I just wanted to speak a little bit or ask you a little bit about focus, about how, you know, as a parent or auntie or, a, you know, a, a guardian of any sort that's considering themselves as a mentor, and I'm watching, you know, looking like and seeing myself in the mirror, like from 20 years ago, how can I guide her without feeling like, um, I want to shake her and tell her and try to make her understand that there are, you know, certain areas to be free and certainly be, um, be as creative as you want to, but also to not find herself in a space of just kind of being all over the place. I don't know if that got makes it, sense. Got it, got it, got but... it. Yeah.
1: Challenge her mind to clarity, like to get really crystal clear in, in, in what the pursuit is, and then break it down to incremental steps. And in doing so, what happens for creatives, they'll 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 start to see because they have to be very specific about it, they'll start to see and discern whether or not that's ex- what they mean or what they're actually intending to pursue at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because their ideas will have ideas. But if you can engage with them, like, okay, great, baby. All right. So now what's the next step? What, what are you thinking? What are you planning, right? And, and have a conversation around how that's going to turn out. You'll quickly get to whether that's a real focus or not. Right. And at the or- same <laughs> time, you're acknowledging her ideas. hmm And challenging her to discern for herself, that's very powerful and it'll happen real quick because she'll have to stop and, and, and look at things, you know, because when a a creative mind is in that flow, they're in that flow. And it's not so much about how they're going to get there. It's about the vision. And their visions will have visions, right? All right. So now this is beautiful. Okay. Let's talk about the first steps. How are we creating what role? What it like, what's your impact here? And that will get to clarity. And clarity will get to alignment or not. Does that help?
5: Yes, it does help. It, you know, and I feel like because she didn't finish college, which was, you know, the, you know, the the older folks in the family our dream for her she feels like you know we don't understand her and so approaching that what you just said feels actually very I feel like that's appropriate but I also kind of have to approach her with kid gloves because she's so sensitive that we're judging her decisions that we are and even if she's not sure of her, herself she certainly doesn't want to feel challenged in any way even if we're i'm coming at her in a loving place of am just like hey no i understand and it's still a matter you know she may shut down so i i hear what you're saying i just have to find a way to deliver it i guess timing is everything but you know as a creative myself and i'm watching her and i, I think you kelly know, you can also relates to your son being a creative it's you know it's their craft and they realize they know that they're not on the path that we thought that they were going to be on or that we'd hoped they'd be on so they're very protective of it and and so what you're saying is very helpful i just have to find the correct delivery and timing to guide her without feeling like i'm judging or controlling because that's her first goal
1: got it and it's like Keep it simple, right? Listen, baby, that's great. How can I support you with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's total, full-on acknowledgement. How can I support you with this? What do you require here? Because then they have to stop and answer. Mm-hmm. And that starts the opening the path to clarity. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated, right? This, that's, a, that's amazing. You what? How can I support you with it?
5: what do you require? And, and she's very bright. She's super bright. I mean, that's why I'm excited about that path. A lot of my other family members are looking like, oh Lord, you know. But for me, I'm like, yes. That's like, let's 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 go. Let's do this entrepreneur thing. But you know, it's the other people that she's more concerned about. But I appreciate that, Valarie. I really do. And and uh, keep it simple, right? Just keep it. Just be the cool auntie and keep it simple. That's just that's keep my it job. <laughs>
1: Yeah because, yeah, because she's already, she already has a, 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 a veil of around judgment and acceptance. Mm-hmm. So if you keep it simple and like language, everything, everything lives in language. Our, the way we articulate ourselves creates the aesthetics and the outcomes of our lives and our relationships. Keep it simple and straight to the point. You know, Glissick, you are full of ideas. What you working on? (laughs) Right. Got it.
2: Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for asking. Great. I love that. Keep it simple. Anyone else have a question or comment? I will say um, Valori has an incredible website and several books you just go to valori thomas.com she has coaching she does workshops she does a host of amazing um things and so would love to support her buy her book etc thank you absolutely
1: it's a pleasure oh, i have to tell you um beyond the pleasure to be with everyone every time I articulate and am able to share my story it creates further healing for myself and I my intention is that it creates healing for someone else as well so thank you for this
2: heal. thank you for being here every time I hear something every week I get a nugget that's so powerful so thank you for sharing your story and for being here with us today really appreciate you as well perfect perfect way to end this morning thank you so much again for um thank you for all the callers who are here this morning and who participated with us and uh at this point just a couple minutes left we'll have kelly chapman close us out in the prayer Valori. can i
1: say one, one last thing right? please Just just a a message that I want to leave with with our parents. Like, I want to say thank you, regardless of how the journey has been with you and your child, your commitment to your child, and and them being a whole human being, a thriving human being, it takes a lot. Mm. And you are the source. And so if nobody has... You know, I want to acknowledge you because especially us as women, listen, we birth humans, who the hell else does that? Mm. I want to say thank you and acknowledge you for the up and the down of it, the in and the out of it, for the figuring it out, for looking and continuing to be in conversation with our children, because it really is up to us. Thank you for being that kind of warrior.
2: Mm. Yes, warrior. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Valori. That was beautiful. Um, appreciate that. I love the word warrior. I'll take that today. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Kelly Chapman, if you could close us out, please.
3: Thank you so much, Valori. It's just incredible and yes. inspiring. Yes. Appreciate it. Good morning, God. We are grateful to be in your awesome presence today. We are thankful that yet again, you showed us your new grace and mercy. We thank you in this very moment for whatever state we are in. At this moment, we have trials and we have tribulations, yet you never said that we wouldn't. Despite our circumstances, we are here. We are here with an assignment for our community, our families, and ourselves. And we thank you for that, Lord. God, as we humbly acknowledge your goodness and your mercy, we thank you for the opportunity to learn about soul care through the beautiful and anointed Valori Thomas. And Lord, we often feel frustrated and confused about why our children are challenged. Why and how did this happen? And we ask for forgiveness for the times we didn't have a heart-to-heart conversation with our children. We sought the whole world first instead of our whole family. We understand that our current outcome is a result of the seeds that we planted over the years. So please forgive us, Lord. Yet Lord, we thank you that even though we might not have hit the mark each day, we are grateful that you love us and give us grace, knowing that we are doing the best that we can with what we have and with what we know through our own experiences. We love our children. We tell them that we love them. We thought that was enough, but we need to move from love to acknowledgement, articulation and acceptance. Help us to look at our children and say, I will give thanks to you, Lord, because they have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous, and my soul is fully aware of this. So God, we seek you as you continue to refine us. Refine us as we build stronger, authentic relationships with our children. We commit to embodying the word acceptance. You said to acquire wisdom is to love oneself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. We thank you in advance in your name. We pray. Amen.
2: Amen. 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 Thank you for everybody in our village for being here and Kelly for that incredible prayer. I really appreciate all of you. Have a beautiful day and a wonderful week. I'm Kelly Richardson Lawson, and you've been listening to the Sunrise Project podcast. You can follow Sunrise wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, Open your podcast app and follow this show. Join us next week for another gathering of support. Thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental wellness challenges, contact your doctor, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or both. You can reach NAMI's helpline at 800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time or email at info@nami.org. Volunteers are working to answer questions, offer support, and provide practical next steps.
1: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one that's crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.